by season. But I think Michigan will definitely cover that 12-point spread, but I'm going to go 31-27 to 27 Michigan State. Stephanie, prediction? Um, I don't know actual scores, but I'm going to say Michigan State by 10. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the Drew Stanton is the best quarterback in the Big Ten bandwagon right now. Too. He's playing at home. It's a rivalry game. They're pissed off about Braylon Edwards. Mm-hmm. This one probably is going to be ugly, folks. I'm saying Michigan State 31, Michigan 13. It could be worse uh, than that. Steve Lake, uh, sports director, one last prediction. Uh, I, I don't like this game either, obviously. Uh, I picked against Michigan last week against Wisconsin. I'm picking against them again. I'm saying Michigan State 28, Michigan 13. So three out of six, eh, 50%, not too bad. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that's just going to add to it for us for time. Uh, Steve Lake's got one just last one. Just one quick programming note. Uh, make sure you tune into Game of the Week on this Friday to hear some more uh, football wrap-up. Also, we will be broadcasting a tape delay of Friday's field hockey matchup against uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. So tune in at 7 o'clock for that. You can catch the link to the sports stream on mgoblue.com. Thank you very much, Steve. Make sure you turn into our wonderful broadcast. But like I said before, that's going to do it for us for time. For Ted Pickus, Tony not related to Michael Bolton, Jared Carner, Steve Lake, Stephanie Nicholas, I'm David Bickle saying good night and go blue. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The sports department would like to thank you for your continued support of University of Michigan Student Radio. Moss knocked over Tambellini, winds up and he scores! Just Tambellini lets a laser go from the near side circle, and the Wolverines take a 1-0 lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Tambellini. news and media talk show uh hello good evening uh that was dick whaley i'm jim dwyer and here we are here we are and i've got one of these uh mics with an elbow problem it's uh gale force conditions down here in the studio and so we're coping as best we can hurricane rita has missed ann arbor yet again Well, I kept thinking all week about what you said the other, last week about uh, Hurricane Bush Blair. Yeah. And uh, the metaphor is all too apt. Well, all too apt. And, uh, of course, the president, once again, apparently needs to look at the United States Constitution about what his job is. Um, I would just comment to him, giving him a brain damage award, that the American military should be used for defensive purposes not for evacuating pets, and uh, certainly not for occupying foreign countries. The National Guard, on the other hand, should be used for natural disasters, not for occupying Iraq. And for the president to continue to uh, live in this bubble world about the inadequate numbers of National Guard available in Mississippi and Louisiana is mind-boggling, and that's maybe where one of the uh, independent investigators ought to start. (coughs) Well, that would be one of several potentially good starting points. Um, Of course, war profiteering is uh, totally out of control. Uh, I've read recently that the 
two things have doubled in the last year, uh, the number of U.S. dead in Iraq and Halliburton stock prices have doubled, gone up from $33 a share to 66 um, Good times rolling in the dough. And, of course, various subsidiaries of Kellogg, Brown, and Root are at work uh, cleaning up uh, Louisiana and Mississippi. Joe Alba uh, is involved once again, and uh, today's New York Times has an article about the suspicious way in which money is being thrown around uh, with no bid contracts. Eighty percent of the $1.5 billion in contracts signed by FEMA were awarded without bidding or with limited competition, often on uh, verbal agreements and handshakes. And also just... Some specifics. Uh, I'm very suspicious of this. You know, they have a breakdown of where the aid is going. But it's interesting that Mississippi, uh, of course, the governor of Mississippi is Haley Barber, former ch- uh, Republican National uh, c- Committee uh, chairman, um, gets three billion dollars in quote administration unquote, uh, more than a billion more than Louisiana, which. It's obviously more affected by the hurricane uh, Katrina as well as Rita because, of course, that hit the southwestern part of uh, Louisiana uh, this weekend. Again. And it's suspicious uh, in this article uh, by uh, Eric uh, Lipton and Ron Nixon. uh, They note that uh, congressional investigators are looking into the $568 $568 million awarded to Ash Britt, a Pompano Beach, Florida company that was a client of the former lobbying firm of Governor Haley Barber of Mississippi. So uh, last week I was talking extensively about all the irregularities that have been occurring in Iraq uh, mm-hmm. with uh, regard to uh, no-bid contracts and money actually outright pilfered by the... Uh, so-called uh, Bremer regime there. Right. It's interesting, you know, we we took $20 billion of their oil revenue uh, in 2003 and pretty much impounded it. <laughs> Richard Nixon, uh, call, please. Uh, you're the <laughs> famous expert on presidential uh, impounding funds uh, back in the uh, early 70s and late 60s. And uh, this might explain why the continued occupation of Iraq is fraught with so many difficulties. Of course, we saw protests this weekend uh, once again, and uh, Bush conveniently uh, was manning the stations down in uh, Texas to keep track of the uh, Rita situation. And my only comment about that, yes, I'm glad uh, it seems like the loss of life uh, is minimal and the disaster is not as bad as it was originally possibly being predicted, but it struck me that the OPEC oil minister must have been in charge of the planned evacuation. It was a complete wet dream for that guy. Yeah. Um, In fact, that photo of the... In fact, those were 100-mile-long traffic jams. Uh, Cars taking uh, 7 to 11 hours to do essentially a 40-minute drive. Um, this is a, a snapshot. This is a microcosm of what's wrong with this country's uh, infrastructure, our lack of an energy plan. Um, like in the New Orleans evacuations, it took hours 
for them to turn the incoming highway lanes into outgoing lanes. Well, eventually that finally did occur. But, I mean, you, there were photos of people filling up ice chests with gasoline so that they can then, at some point, down that traffic jam logged lane, pour from, I mean, how are you going to do that from an ice cooler into your uh, gas tank? And actually, you would have been better off just turning your car off and push, right. pushing your car, a la Fred Flintstone. That's what you needed. You needed uh, Barney Rubble I mean, this in tells the passenger us, seat to right. keep the car moving. Little foot pedal sounds there. I mean, this just speaks volumes about the fraudulent nature of the, the whole Homeland Security thing. We've been shoveling uh, endless amounts of dollars down that hole. And uh, we can't even evacuate the uh, cities properly uh, because everybody needs to get in their car. Um, it's it's a car society. Um, everybody is just obsessed with their personal vehicle. Um, obviously, uh, I've got one too, so I'm just as guilty as the next person. But uh, it seems like there might have been a more expedient way to get people out. Um, all that gas being burned. Well, and it's interesting, too, uh, a, a civil engineering expert once made an observation of traffic jams in, in the Los Angeles area and observed that one of the contributing factors to traffic jams is the size of SUVs. Mm-hmm. They take up so much more space on the road physically that that actually contributes to less cars getting through. So therein lies some of the problems. It's interesting that uh, I'll actually commend the president for once. Uh, he actually told people today not to take essential trips. Uh, and uh, ExxonMobil took out a full-page ad uh, recommending oh, I saw that, yeah. to people not to buy things uh, that can be deferred uh, well, <laughs> until the Christmas season. you know. And, and Bush hasn't actually come out and advised the American public to go shopping. Like uh, he did after 9-11. Yeah, as therapy for 9-11. But the... Uh, the Flintstones uh, motif may actually be appropriate. I don't know if you saw today's uh, front page of the Ann Arbor oh, News yes. <laughs> about the Kentucky Creation Museum in which uh, the vice president and business guide, a, a man named Mark Louie, um, who may lack an N in his first, <laughs> uh, his last name there, we should call him Mark Looney. Um, but it's uh, great. He says that we are... You know, they've created a sculpture of uh, a young uh, Velocity Raptor, and he he says, we're placing this one in the hall that explains the post-flood world when dinosaurs lived with man. And I thought the only uh, dinosaurs living with man is actually on the Flintstones. (laughs) I think they had a pet dinosaur. Dino, right? (laughs) Dino. Uh, this is incredible, uh, because, of course, it's got... One one might be tempted to ask him, where are the dinosaurs in the Bible? Yeah, uh, how did they get on the ark? In fact, I jokingly <laughs> observed while going to the Rolling Stones a couple of weeks ago as we were walking down the uh, Soldier Field Mall. They have uh, a variety of museums, and, of course, the Natural History Museum is right there, and there's an enormous brontosaurus uh, skeleton Outside, and I jokingly uh, thought to myself, well, that guy needs a ticket, but he's going to take up a lot of floor space on the main floor. Yeah, he saw the stones back in 65. He's got a big old butt. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, this is actually incredible. Uh, the, the, this is occurring, and the reason that I sort of mention this whole thing is there's a really good uh, article in the most recent edition of the Columbia Journalism Review. Actually, features Charles Darwin on the cover by Chris Mooney, a Washington correspondent for Seed Magazine and author of a new book called The Republican War on Science, which is due out later this month. I heard part of him, uh, part of his presentation a couple of weeks ago on Fresh Air, and this is a very interesting uh, article about intelligent design and the, and the whole evolution debate. Uh, I'll probably go into this more extensively on a later date, but uh, well worth reading about how um, the uh, public is, well, clueless. Uh, it's interesting in this Ann Arbor News article, by the way, that... Uh, Polls taken last year showed that 45% of Americans believe that God created humans in their present form 10,000 years ago or less, and that man shares no common ancestor uh, with the ape. Only 26% believed in the central tenet of evolution, that all life descended from a single ancestor. Troubling information. And then when you put this in the context of this... uh, so-called phony balance in which school curriculums, this is, uh, they give you some details here about this case in Dover, uh, Pennsylvania, um, in which uh, by a six to three vote, uh, this school board has decided that intelligent design will be taught in the classroom as a competing theory, quote unquote, with evolution. It's interesting to note just a couple of weeks ago that a report detailing the total failure of the American educational system. Uh, I'm just going to read this because I think it's a reflection of the upside-down values uh, that the Republican Party has uh, been foisting on the public uh, recently. Uh, Which they may not even believe in themselves, but find it very uh, useful. Yeah, and of course, this this relates to inadequate funding of schools. Uh, for instance, the New, the New, uh, New Orleans uh, school uh, budget is already broke. They they functionally can't open unless uh, the federal government gives them money. The state of Louisiana can't give them money. Uh, 25% of their revenue comes from the city of New Orleans, which is essentially, uh, as one uh, evacuee put it, uh, looks like a city that's been hit by a bomb. Indeed. Uh, But this is interesting. According to the Associated Press, among adults aged 25 to 34, the U.S. is ninth among industrialized nations in its share of population that has at least a high school degree. In the same age group, the United States ranks seventh with Belgium in the share of people who hold a college degree. By both measures, the United States was first 20 years ago, said Barry McGraw, director of the education for the Paris-based Organization for Cooperation and Development. This is how far we've fallen in the last 20 years uh, with our our priorities, uh, where we're spending the money. And there's all this uh, hang-wringing going on in Washington about where can we get the money to, uh, you know, fund uh, Katrina hurricane relief. How about the Pentagon? Uh, their budget is $428 billion. That's not even discussed. Or the CIA's mysterious black budget. Nobody even knows how much it is. Yeah, and it, it's, by the way, over $30 billion alone uh, annually right now. 
So uh, this is the problem. Uh, in an article in the New York Review of Books uh, dated July 14th uh, by Tony Junt, who's a, a very interesting columnist generally uh, writing about uh, European affairs, He's got an article entitled The New World Order, which uh, details the uh, scary uh, implications of America's uh, growing imperialism. And in conjunction with, of course, the uh, ongoing fiasco in Iraq, I'll just read a couple of paragraphs because I think it uh, is very uh, relevant. First of all, he writes that the United States consumes 25% of the, of the oil produced in the world every year, but has proven reserves of its own amounting to less than 2%. And, of course, much, much of the oil that we do own, a million barrels a day, is, is now uh, not online, uh, mm-hmm. contrary to some of the assertions that uh, President Bush uh, keeps making. Uh, I read today or heard today that Maxwell Smart... Don Adams, the guy that played Maxwell Smart, has died. And it occurred to me, I've never been sure whether Bush is a worse president than Maxwell Smart was a spy. Unbelievable. Agent 99, get on the case. But um, So that's uh, why people are arguing that the struggle of World War IV has already begun. The contest for supremacy in strategic energy-rich regions like the Middle East and Central Asia. This began in the 70s, according to one of the authors that uh, Tony Junt uh, reviewed. And this gets back to the Department of Defense. He writes, Why does the United States Department of Defense currently maintain 725 official military bases outside the country and 969 at home, not to mention numerous secret bases. Why does the U.S. spend more on defense, quote-unquote, than all the rest of the world put together? And these are the questions. Uh, After all, it has no present or likely enemies of the kind that could be intimidated or defeated by Star Wars missile defenses or bunker-busting nukes, quote-unquote. And yet this country is obsessed with war, rumors of war, images of war, preemptive war, preventative war, surgical war, prophylactic war, permanent war. Indeed, and of course, there is a war on science being conducted at the highest levels of our government. Bill Frist and George Bush have jumped into the intelligent design debate themselves just this past month, urging that it be taught in the schools, and Frist, of course, well, he's up in uh, cesspool floodwater now with a stock controversy regarding his dumping of HCA stock uh, weeks before it began to tank. His brother is on the board of directors. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting case there. And, of course, there's been a shakeup at the FDA. Uh, Lester Crawford uh, stepping down um, after a short, turbulent tenure, as Robert Pear and Andrew Pollack write in the New York Times. Um, consumer advocates and scientists inside and outside the agency heads complained that scientific decisions were being warped by politics. Um, this guy was, in fact, a veterinarian, um, which is a useful uh, profession, of course, but I'm not sure the best guy for uh, the position of running the FDA. Awful cozy with the pharmaceuticals anyway. Um, and then there's some more questions about the woman who's being uh, vetted to run the uh, Department of Immigration and Customs. She's unavailable for comment uh, because she's on her honeymoon someplace. 
and uh, she has absolutely no experience with immigration matters whatsoever. Um, interesting piece by Paul Roberts, uh, whom we've both uh, quoted at various times in uh, past months. Uh, he's got a piece in uh, today's Counterpunch online, um, Iraq War Winners, Al-Qaeda, Iran, and Military Contractors, America is Running Out of Time. He makes some startling observations in here. Um, I'll just read this uh, couple of paragraphs here. Uh, the Bush administration is churning out red ink in excess of $1 trillion annually. The federal budget deficit is approaching $500 billion. U.S. trade deficit is approaching $700 billion. The budget deficit is being financed by foreigners, primarily Asians, who now hold enough U.S. government debt to exercise power over U.S. interest rates and the value of the dollar whenever they decide to use the power that Bush has placed in their hands. The trade deficit is being financed by turning over the ownership of U.S. assets and future income streams to foreigners, making Americans forever poorer from the loss of accumulated wealth. Uh, he goes on to detail how the value of stocks and bonds uh, is you know, ultimately linked to the uh, use of the dollar as an international standard. And uh, when Asia pulls the plug on the dollar, he writes, the U.S. government will find that monetary and fiscal policy are powerless to offset the consequences. Compared to U.S. budget and trade deficits, terrorists are a minor concern. The greatest danger that the U.S. faces is the dollar's loss of reserve currency rule. This would be an impoverishing event, one from which the U.S. would not recover. Indeed, and of course, the, what he's talking about there are the cumulative effects of the astounding budget deficits that I detailed last week, actually, that right. the Bush administration quickly took uh, uh, future surpluses. And in fact, that was one of their arguments for, quote, giving the money back. It's your money! You know, Mr. Bush is always yelling on the campaign trail. Um, well... <laughs> Yes and no. And, of course, the trade deficits. And uh, the trade deficits are just staggering numbers. Of course, a third of that is uh, related to the uh, need for oil, uh, importing oil, which um, grows greater and greater by the day. Um, you know, I, I, the OPEC oil minister probably uh, does have a job somewhere in FEMA at this point uh, because it <laughs> seems that the entire Bush administration is just polluted with uh, cronies from the political campaign. You know, you're, you're talking about Julie Myers. Right. They're the, uh, the new director of, uh, well, immigration. And, of course, she's the niece of Richard Myers, the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, and her honeymoon, by the way, uh, involves the chief of staff of current Homeland Security Director Michael Chertoff. Cozy. Cozy, cozy. Keep it in the family. Uh, this seems to be part of the entire Bush uh, modus operandi for all elements of the government. But then, of course, um, Frank Rich in another interesting column in yesterday's New York Times, Bring Back Warren Harding, <laughs> in which he talks about this uh, cozy cronyism, as he puts it, uh, Washington. Uh, is uh, it, it's the Enron culture. He says, uh, even as American business has since been purged of, by prosecutors and reforms, the mutant Enron versions of the CEO culture still rules in Washington. Uninhibited cronyism, cooked books, special favors networks, the banishment of whistleblowers, 
and accountability. More than ideology, this ethos has sabotaged even the best American intentions, whether in Iraq or New Orleans, unchecked, it promises greater disasters to come. Well, then he goes into the details of the arrest of uh, this uh, Saf. Vian uh, guy, David Safian, the chief of White House federal procurement policies who worked with Jack Abramoff. A scandal, by the way, that uh, affects Tom DeLay, uh, Ralph Reed, and good old Grover Norquist, the man who once said that he wanted to uh, choke off the government's uh, revenue sources so it could be strangled like a baby in a bathtub. Just an unbelievable image there. Of course, he's... Uh, very concerned, uh, very concerned, and obsessed about the fetus, um, but not the baby. <laughs> um, and uh, Rich goes into some other gory details about this total incompetence that's going on here. Uh, Chertoff, uh, after the bombings in London in July, vowed to maximize the department's quote finite human and financial capital to attain the optimal state of preparedness. Yet the very same day, the president nominated Tracy Henke as the Homeland Security's new executive director of the Office of State and Local Government Coordination and Preparedness. Anytime you have an office with a name that long. Uh, watch, watch your wallet. <laughs> uh, to quote uh, Bush's famous father. Henke, a John Ashcroft political appointee at the Justice Department, has since been unmasked as the Enron-style spinner of numbers, as Eric Lichtblau of the Times reported in August. It was she who ordered the highly regarded nonpartisan head of the Bureau of Justice Statistics, Lawrence Greenfield, to delete a reference to politically embarrassing data in the government's press release for a report on racial profiling. When Mr. Greenfield complained, he was demoted. Typical. Uh, And it, of course, goes on uh, with other characters. Um, This is finally starting to stick to Bush as he's uh, plummeting in the polls. And I don't think any amount of spinning is going to get him out. Well, nor will his call last week for a national day of prayer on Friday for, of course, the victims of these uh, terrible storms. Um, And we are being asked by the governor of Texas to pray for Texas. Well, pray for whomever you want, dear listeners, but uh, I don't think the President of the United States has any business calling for a national day of prayer. And I found the, the photograph of him speaking from the pulpit at the National Cathedral to be a little alarming as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an administration uh, that is uh, overly cozy with really, they've got no concept of the uh, exemption clause in the First Amendment there. Freedom of religion, sure, everybody knows about that, but we also have freedom from religion. Read it carefully, it's there. Um, Incidentally, just on the whistleblowers that have been demoted, um, that Rich talks about Miss Greenhouse and Mr. Greenfield, um, but uh, apparently Congressman uh, Rahm Emanuel, a Democrat of Illinois, lists nine on his website. (laughs) Um, And, of course, we've detailed how all of the uh, skeptics of any of Bush's policies are quickly uh, herded off the reservation and sent to Siberia. Uh, well, the, Stalin style. The same thing is also happening in our military. There's a story over the weekend. Uh, three in 82nd Airborne say beating Iraqi prisoners was routine. This is an article by Eric Schmidt from this last Saturday. 
and uh, amongst the reasons that they were beaten was to help gather intelligence and to amuse themselves. So uh, this is disturbing, of course. Um, this captain, who is unnamed here, uh, approached aides after uh, these aides to uh, Senators Warner and McCain. Um, after he tried to report the allegations to his superiors for 17 months, 17 months, and there's no, you know, interest there. So he has to go outside to these senators. To John McCain's credit, he's uh, calling for some legislation to do the obvious, to, to ask the United States to adhere to the Geneva Conventions. This is a basic moral Principle And, of course, Gonzalez, Rumsfeld, and Bush right. are all opponents of that uh, process. Uh, and, of course, military cover-ups continue. An article just last week reported that the Pentagon on Tuesday said that it had blocked several military officers and intelligence analysts from testifying at an open congressional hearing about highly classified intelligence program that the officers have said identified a ringleader of the September 11th attacks as the potential terrorist a year before the attacks. So these cover-ups continue. And, of course, uh, we'll, we'll also see a cover-up regarding gouging by the oil companies. Right. It's interesting that eight governors last week uh, wrote a letter to President Bush calling for an investigation into why wholesale prices of gas went up by 60 cents almost overnight. Oil companies were... Obviously, using the most devastating natural disaster in our nation's history to reap a windfall at the expense of American consumers. Interestingly, by the way, the European governments immediately took action in that area. They immediately threw some taxes on uh, multinational oil companies in, in their countries. And, of well, course, in America, that's considered raising taxes. Well, that's kind of communism. Of course, back in the day, Presidents Roosevelt and Truman uh, took you know measures to uh, prevent uh, war profiteering. And we can talk about the munitions board. And we haven't really, unless you mentioned it last week, the revoking of the Davis-Bacon Act is another kind of bizarre thing. But just real quick, one last detail on this 82nd Airborne thing, because we're kind of coming to the end of the program here. Um, the soldiers in question who've come forward here told Human Rights Watch that while they were serving in Afghanistan, they learned the stress techniques that are used to break arms and legs of uh, detainees and POWs. Uh, they learned these stress techniques.